Is it time for the LA Kings to start thinking about a coaching change? Those questions and more asked on our Friday feedback segment. Plus, we preview the Kings game tonight in San Jose and Sunday's game at home against Ottawa. All that and more on this edition of Locked on LA Kings. You are Locked on Kings, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Kings. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Kings fans, welcome to Locked on LA Kings, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked on LA Kings your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Please like and subscribe if you're enjoying this content. We need just a few more subscribers to reach our goal of 900 by the end of November. Thank you very much for your support of the YouTube channel and of the podcast. I'm Eddie Garcia, your host of Locked on LA Kings. I've worked in sports media for almost 30 years. For 20 plus years, I've been at the Fox Sports Radio Network. I'm also co-host of the Puck Podcast, a weekly NHL review show that's been putting out content for the past 16 years and a passionate LA Kings fan for the past 30 years. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Bet BetOnline has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. Still battling through bronchitis and the flu. If I have to cough, I'll make sure I hit the mute button on my mic to prevent you from having to hear that. Uh, if I have to take a sip of a drink, I hope you will understand as I am battling through some health issues right now. But we have some interesting emails to share coming up. Uh, But first, we do want to look at the Kings getting back in action coming up tonight. After the holiday break, they'll be taking on the rival San Jose Sharks for the first time this season. After this game in San Jose, the Kings are home for the next four. So LA will be looking to snap a three-game losing skid, their longest of the season tonight against the rival Sharks. Kings check in with a 11-9-1 record. San Jose is not good this season, as expected. They're 7-12-3, but the Sharks always give the Kings a tough test in the Shark Tank, so the Kings need to be ready to play tonight, and San Jose isn't having a good season. One of their players has been amazing. Veteran defenseman Eric Carlson is leading all NHL defensemen in goals with 11 and points with 30, and no one else is even close to the 32-year-old as he's having a big comeback season, looking for his third career Norris Trophy, as the league's top defenseman. And you got to say, early in the season, right now, he is the uh, runaway leader for that award. For the Kings, expect to see Jonathan Quick back in net after not starting the last two games. Also, the Kings will be hosting Ottawa coming up on Sunday at Crypto.com Arena. The Senators went into this season with some pretty high expectations, adding players like veteran forward Claude Giroux and goalie Ville Husto. Uh, In facing, though, the Sharks and the Senators, LA will be taking on two of the teams teams that are in the bottom six in the NHL. The Sharks are 27th in the league with just 17 points. The Senators are 31st with 13 points. Needless to say, you would think there is a strong chance for the Kings to put 14 points in the bank over the next two games with wins over lesser competition. But with this Kings team this season, um, not anything is, uh, is for sure, I would say, when it comes to the LA Kings so far this season. But Like I said, an opportunity for two big wins against two of the lesser teams in the NHL. Hopefully that will be the case for the Kings next two games tonight in San Jose. Face-off set for 7.30. Sunday as well in LA, also 7.30. Both games are going to be televised locally on the Bally Sports Network, Bally Sports West. And you can also listen on the iHeartKings audio network as well. So we've talked a lot about it, obviously, this season. The Kings have been up and down so far 
And at what point should the Kings maybe consider a coaching change if things don't change from what we've seen so far this season? Well, we're going to talk about that and more when we read some of your emails. But first, I need to let you know that this episode of Locked on LA Kings is brought to you by BetOnline.net. BetOnline.net is your number one source for football betting information this season. Find all of the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth articles and analysis on every game that you can find. And as always, BetOnline remains your continued source for all your sports wagering information with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. It is the fastest, easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events, including the World Cup, which is going on right now in soccer, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to betonline.net or use your mobile device to learn more. That's BetOnline, where the game starts. Well, our first email comes from Mike, and uh, he says, I have been posting the King's woes being a system issue for 18 months or more. Why isn't anyone wanting to discuss this? I heard one of Hockey Royalty's hosts at least mention it, but no real discussion. Eddie, I'd really love for you to take a deeper dive into the system being an issue and possibly including a coach or pro player as guest to discuss the system with you. T-Mac, Todd McClellan, uh, is in his fourth year. He's a great man, leader, and I still think the right coach for the Kings, but I think he's a little stubborn and sticks with things that aren't working for way too long. In his fourth year, the majority of this team should be able to play any system in their sleep. Why can't the Kings master this system? When we honestly have no idea which Kings team is going to show up on any given night, it's time to look under the hood and do a system check. I saw this article, and he included a link in his email, that at least scratched the surface on the talking about the system potentially being a problem or the problem. But I think we need to do, to start asking more questions at this point as to what the heck is going on with this Kings team. We, uh, we longer-time Kings fans seem to forget all the team's problems uh, with just a single win. But there are deep issues that are going on. Still looking for you and possibly a guest to have access, uh, dedicating some much-needed time to analyzing TMAC system. At the bottom of this article link, I did submit a lengthy comment, as usual, he says, laugh out loud, about the topic of the system. Perhaps you can read that too. It is more detail than the email I sent you. Hope you're feeling better. And again, that was from Mike. Um, Mike, I did check out the link and read the article that you uh, sent to me. I also read your, your comment that you, uh, had at the bottom of the article and you mentioned, uh, the system a lot. And I know that you had mentioned in the comment to the article, to the link you had sent me that you're not qualified to kind of break down the system. And I would say I'm probably not either. Um, but who that would be for us to get on as a guest to be able to break that down is kind of an interesting question. Um, but we'll get back to that in a second. You know, you mentioned the system and I know you didn't specifically get into it. And you even said that you like Todd McClellan and you still think he's the right guy for the job. But when you think about a system, you're really saying the coach. Um, and if you're thinking about changing the system, I think you're, you're, you're really saying you need to change the coach. I don't believe that uh, Rob Blake is going to go into Todd McClellan's office and say, Todd, I think we need to tweak the system uh, or we need to change your style of coaching. What they're going to do is they're going to change the coach if that's the case. And and that's the way it, it happens. Um, and I'm not saying that that is something that's unreasonable to talk about, to consider. 
Um, I'm not saying they should do that at this point, but I am saying that if the season continues to go along the way it has gone so far, that the Kings are more than uh, reasonable to consider a coaching change. As a matter of fact, it, it, they probably should make a coaching change if the team is going to be this inconsistent. And we talked about it several episodes ago. Um, they've invested financially in the roster. They went out and got Kevin Fiala. They've, you know, re-signed other players. Uh, they've, they've spent to the cap. It now falls on the coach. And, you, you know, as we've seen in every other sport, you can replace the coach pretty easily. You can't replace the players as easily. And when you've done, you know, the, the, the work in the off season to get this roster set and you believe that this is a better roster than you had a year ago and, and last year you made the playoffs, you're going to need to see improvement. And if you don't see it, someone's going to have to pay the price for that. And that is the head coach. So um, again, I, I, I know that you did not specifically say that. Um, but when you're talking about quote unquote, the system, you're talking about the coach, you're talking about his style, um, what his strategy is. And right now, Todd McClellan doesn't have this team firing on all cylinders. They're not playing nearly consistent enough. And I think that's something that you have to, to discuss. All right. That was my first hit of the mute button there. I think it's reasonable to assume that Luke Robitaille, the team president, and the GM, Rob Blake, have had discussions about the head coach. If they haven't, they're not doing their job. Now, that doesn't mean that they're seriously considering making a coaching change at this point, but I think you have to have that kind of a discussion if the team is not playing consistent and you get together and you wonder what's going on. So I would assume that Luke Robitaille and Rob Blake have had that discussion. Now, how seriously have they taken that? Is it just um, just a conversation? Is it something more than that? I would say there's no way to know at this point because we're not in that room with those guys. But I, I think if they're doing their job, they've had at least the, uh, the idea has been floated out there, which also means if we do this, who's available? What are what's a short list of names? Would Marco Sturm be a guy we would promote from the AHL to take over? I'm guessing no, but I'm again, we're just throwing out ideas here at this point. Um, I still think it's very premature to consider a coaching change at this point. But like I said, the investment has been made by ownership financially in this team. And there's no way the Kings are going to sit back and let the season go along the way it has gone so far. And if you follow hockey closely at all, more often than not, when you make a coaching change, it usually has a positive impact. There have been plenty of examples over the last decade of teams making a coaching change and it really sparking them to the rest of the season. If you look at the standings this year, so many teams are doing well with new head coaches. Um, Vegas is in first place. They've got a new head coach. Dallas is in first place. They've got a new head coach. Boston is in first place. They've got a new head coach. We've seen examples in the past, including the LA Kings, of making a coaching change in season and then going on and winning the Stanley Cup. It happened in 2012 with Daryl Sutter. The St. Louis Blues 
not that long ago did the same thing. They made a coaching change, went on to win the Stanley Cup. Now, it doesn't happen every year, but it happens more often um, that it's something that you, you should consider. And I think this Kings roster is good enough that perhaps with a different voice and a different system that a real change could be made. I don't think Rob Blake wants to do that anytime soon. Um, obviously, Todd McClellan was the guy he hired. Todd McClellan was the guy that he played for in San Jose. So there is certainly a relationship that goes a little deeper than maybe most GM player or GM coach relationships. So again, I don't think this is something that's imminent. But I do think that if you go half a season and we see the same things we've seen from this LA Kings team over the first 25% of the season, then I think you really have to seriously consider, do we make a change? Where are we in the standings? What's the rest of the division look like? And what, what coaches are out there that are available that ownership is willing to pay for, or that we feel can come in and, and provide us what we need. Uh, As far as the actual question from Mike about getting somebody on the show to kind of discuss the system and some of the technical things that Todd McClellan has kind of implemented with the Kings that is inconsistent or is not working well enough more often than not. You know, we've had Jim Fox on, we've had Daryl Evans on. Um, I'm looking into trying to get Jarrett Stoll on. Um, and, but to be honest, I certainly can ask the question. Um, but I think if you're looking for someone to really do like a deep dive, a deep, critical analysis of the system and and be real technical with it. That's kind of a difficult guest to get because on the one hand, you've got people who are working for the organization and they're not going to be too over the top in really being extremely critical of the coach. And if you get someone who's outside of the organization, who, who is, you know, they have to be somebody that is really well-versed in what the Kings do, meaning they have to watch a lot of Kings games. And I'm not sure who that would be out there that isn't working for the team as a broadcaster or, or something like that. So um, we'll see. Um, we're, we plan on having Jim Fox on again. We plan on having Daryl Evans on again. And I'll certainly ask the question if, if the, if it's still relevant, which it may very well be, and we'll see how it goes. But if there are any suggestions about having a certain guest on that you feel could do kind of a more uh, analytical breakdown of what the Kings are doing technically on the ice. Uh, I'm more than willing to listen to any of those suggestions. All right. That's another hit of the mute button. It's getting pretty tough here. Uh, We do have more emails in a moment, but first I do need to invite you to check out locked on sports today. From the games that matter the most to the big stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and beyond the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports Today, available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. All right, our next email comes from Jim in Lakewood, and he was formerly James in Parts Unknown, uh, but uh, Jim wants to know or talk about Jonathan Quick and the goaltending. Uh, And Jim says, I personally think that they will sign Quick for two more years as he has kids in school here and will not want to be a hired gun and go somewhere else to play. But I also think that he will have to make more if he does 
since his contract is 10 years old. Um, and uh, what do you feel like is happening behind the scenes to get this deal done for the future? I wouldn't assume that you think he's done, and we know that Cal won't be able to handle it all that should happen, but I'm curious to know your thoughts. He went on to say, goalies are always superstitious and careful not to talk to guys, but I never see them talking. He's talking about Cal Peterson and Jonathan Quick. Only one time in all the games that I've been to have I seen one of them lean over to the other and say something to the other guy, which gets to my question. I would imagine that you have some inside knowledge on this, but what exactly is the relationship between the two? Sometimes I think Quick is thinking about Cal, probably like all the other legions of guys that have been his backup, because but because Cal was supposed to be the heir to the throne and makes the same dough, he makes it having um he he makes I have he makes I have been wondering about this for the past two years. Thanks and nice working plugging through your cold. Really appreciate all the dedication to help us fans get closer to the inside of the team as they journey on to what we all hope is a follow-up to last year's great finish. Again, that was from Jim in Lakewood asking about goal, the goaltenders. Um, as far as the Kings re-signing Jonathan Quick, I know you had said something about him maybe re-signing for two more years. To me, the issue isn't whether they want to re-sign him for a year or two. It's what is he willing to play for? Um the Kings are spending over $10 million on their two goaltenders. And that is way too much money, especially for two goalies who statistically aren't in the top 10 uh, in anything right now, as far as um, on, the, on the positive side of things. So would Jonathan Quick be willing to get the old hometown discount to stay in LA and still be in contention for the number one goaltending spot, or at least have some significant playing time sharing the net. Um, it's a real question. It's a real dilemma at this point. I don't know if anybody has a good answer for it. Um, but again, the Kings don't want to be paying that much money. Unfortunately, Cal Peterson is signed for the next two seasons after this one at $5 million per year. And that has, at this point, been a major uh, error for GM Rob Blake. Um, there are a lot of number one goalies in this league not making five million a year, and Cal right now is barely a number two goalie. So he has not that has not worked out the way uh, it should have, or what the Kings thought it would. Um, so I don't know what they're going to do going forward. I think it's reasonable to assume that they might want to look outside the organization to bring in a goalie, um, and maybe they say unfortunately goodbye to Jonathan Quick because they're already. They're locked in with Cal Peterson, whether they want him or not. So um, I don't know if they're going to re-sign Jonathan Quick. Again, it's it, a lot of it depends on what he's willing to play for. Uh, you mentioned something about him wanting to make more money. They're not going to pay him more than what he's been making now. There's no way. They, they just can't do that. So um, as far as what their relationship is, that's a very interesting question. And honestly, it's not something I had really thought of much. Um, and I don't want to sit here and, and, and try and come off like I know these guys really well. I can only kind of tell you what I have have observed. And Jonathan Quick is one of the more competitive professional athletes I've ever seen. He's very intense. He's always focused, whether it's practice or a game. Got his game face on all the time. So the fact that he's not real chatty with his teammates or maybe with the other goalie during a game, I don't think I'd read too much into that. 
Um, although Quick does like to talk to referees a lot. I do notice that. He does like, for whatever reason, to talk to the referees a lot during a game. Um, do I think that he and Cal have a friendly relationship? I would say it's professional. Uh, I don't know that they're buddies. Um, I, I think knowing Jonathan Quick the way I do, um, I think he probably did take it as a bit of an insult that the Kings signed Cal Peterson to a $5 million deal for three years when he hasn't proven that he's a number one goalie. And I also think that Jonathan Quick probably was pissed off that the Kings basically made it a, uh, a, a known secret that they were looking for Cal Peterson to take over the number one job last year. And uh, obviously that didn't happen. And I'm sure that Jonathan Quick used that as motivation to, uh, to play even harder than he normally would. So um, I, I, I would say they they have a professional relationship but uh, I, I certainly don't think they're, you know, that there's any bad blood necessarily between the two of them. But I also don't know buddies either, to be honest with you. Our next email comes from Felipe Correa, and he's in Santos, Brazil. Uh, this is at least our third international email that we've had. I know we had listener in Tokyo. Uh, I believe we had one. Was it Indonesia? I believe. Um, or somewhere close to there, uh, and now one in Brazil. So that's amazing. You never know who's watching or listening. Uh, so uh, great to hear from uh, a, a, a viewer in Brazil. Felipe, he says, I listen to Locked on Kings every morning on YouTube while I'm at work. I like the podcast. Um, some days ago, you mentioned ESPN Plus covering the NHL, and that just reminded me of how I managed to watch my first NHL game uh, from here. Back in my teenage days, I'm now 33 years old, since I came in touch with hockey through video games, I've always liked the LA Kings. And when I gained access to NHL games on TV, I definitely decided to root for them since 2003, when I definitely started following the team during that season. Uh, he asked, is there anyone from the Ontario reign that you would like to see get promoted to the Kings? If yes, who? Or do you think that uh, no change is needed for the time being? Thank you and keep up the great work with the podcast. Awesome to hear from you, Felipe, in Brazil. Uh, I can't even imagine what it's like to be an NHL fan in a country like that, where I'm sure hockey is not even close to being uh, anywhere for you. I mean, you really got to work to be a hockey fan in Brazil, I would think. So I'm happy Locked on LA Kings can help you in any way uh, follow the Kings. Um, you know, it's tricky when you talk about the Ontario Reign because there are rules as far as players who are waiver exempt or not and who you can call up and who you can't. But just if, if we were just kind of making things like a fantasy draft or something. I, I would think the one player that I would probably like to see on the LA Kings roster is Jordan Spence, the defenseman. And I've said it many times. I have a fan crush on him. I've just always liked the way he carries himself on the ice. I like the decision-making. I like, you know, the, 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 the style of play. Um, he, I am a fan of his. If there was one player on the reign that I think could come into the Kings and uh, maybe help him out a little bit uh, on the defensive side would be Jordan Spence. But, but to be honest, you know, there are rules as far as which players can be called up, which players can't. Um, maybe I'd like to see him in the, line, in the lineup more than Alex Edler, but, you know, that will probably happen uh, come next season. Uh, Joe, from Parts Unknown, checks in and says, uh, any chance of you getting an interview with Brent Clark? The guy is always entertaining. Uh, I don't know that I've ever, I, I mean, are you talking entertaining as far as his style of play, or are you talking entertaining as far as his interviews, I don't know that I've ever heard him interviewed. Um, to answer your question, um, 
we can certainly ask. Um, Jared Shaffron was on our show this week. He is the manager of communications and content for the Ontario Reign, and I asked him after our interview uh, if I was to get a player from the Reign on our show, are you the man to talk to? And he said yes. So uh, we can all we can do is ask and uh, see if we can make that happen. So, uh, Joe, we will try and do that. Uh, this from Jill in Northridge. She says, I saw something about the NHL rule change about players wearing helmets in pregame warm-up, and I remember you talking about Alex Edler getting hurt and missing some games this year because he wasn't wearing his helmet and got hurt in pregame warm-up. Do you know any details on this? Uh, yeah, Jill, I, I saw this article as well, and it made me think exactly of the same thing you thought of. Uh, the NHL is making it mandatory for players who enter the NHL after the 2019-20 season to wear helmets during warmups. Now, I don't know if this has gone into effect immediately or if it will go into effect at the start of next season, but the NHL did vote to make it mandatory for players of a certain age to have to wear helmets going forward during the pregame warmup. Now, this won't affect Alex Edler if he wants to continue to not wear his helmet or Drew Doughty. I think Adrian Kempe does this as well. Um, so it's kind of like when the NHL made helmets mandatory, you know, they grandfathered it in. So if you if you already played in the league without a helmet, you could continue to do so. But players who entered the league when that rule was put in place and therefore would always have, would have to wear helmets. Same thing with visors when they made that mandatory. So that's the, that's the case now with wearing the, uh, the helmet during warmup. All players going forward from the 2019-20 season and beyond will have to wear their helmets during warm-up. So uh, the older players can still not do it if they don't want to, but uh, the NHL decided to make that rule change, and I thought it was a smart change. Uh, our final email is from Felix in Mission Viejo, and he says, I heard something about Cal Clutterbuck becoming the NHL all-time hits leader. Didn't Dustin Brown have that record? When they mentioned Clutterbuck broke the record, they never mentioned whose record he broke. Did you hear about this? Was it, in fact, Dustin Brown? Uh, the answer is yes and yes. I did hear about it. Uh, and Cal Clutterbuck um, broke the record on Monday. He passed Dustin Brown, who had the record of 3,632 career hits. And uh, Cal Clutterbuck now has 3,635, at least after that game he played on Monday. So you are correct. Cal Clutterbuck, one of the great names in all of sports, is now the all-time NHL hits leader as he passes former LA King uh, Dustin Brown. Now, it should be pointed out that the NHL did not record hits as an official stat until the 2005-2006 season. So I'm guessing somebody like Gordie Howe probably would have had a hell of a lot of hits if they uh, recorded those back in the day and for how long he played. It's kind of like in the NFL, sacks weren't actually a stat until like the 80s. But um, yeah, it's kind of a newer stat. But yes, that is correct. Dustin Brown, no longer the all-time hit king in NHL history. It now is Cal Clutterbuck of the New York Islanders. And yes, that's his actual name if you didn't know about that. All right. Thank you for bearing with me. The voice was uh, was really kind of petering out there for a while. So um, going to have the weekend to uh, to rest it up and hopefully we'll be back and stronger coming up on Monday. Speaking of Monday's show, we're going to have a recap, obviously, of what happened in San Jose and what happens uh, in Los Angeles against Ottawa. Uh, thank you to all who emailed. Really appreciate it. If you want to send an email for a future show, the email address is lockedoneddy at gmail.com, E-D-D-I-E, lockedoneddy at gmail.com. Uh, if you want to follow us on Twitter, we are at Locked on LA Kings. Also, an Instagram page is at Locked on LA Kings as well. Thanks for making Locked on LA Kings your first listen today. For your second listen, check out Locked on Sports today. 
From the games that matter the most, the biggest stories in sports go beyond the scoreboard and beyond the scenes with local experts and insights that only Locked On can't provide. Locked On Sports Today, available on the, uh, the available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Eddie Garcia. Thanks for watching and for listening and for bearing with me. Have a great weekend. We'll talk to you next week. And as always, we close out the show by saying, Go Kings Go.